staying sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. As Attorney General, my allegiance will be to the rule of law, the Constitution, and the American people. This is how it should be, this is how it must be, and if you confirm me, this is how it will be. Manafort was trying to get paid for, for, for his work on, on behalf of Ukraine. Uh, Flynn had his own dealings. Uh, but, but it is not added up to anything of the central question again, was there anybody, was the Trump campaign aware of or coordinating with the Russians in their effort to meddle with the election? So far, there's been nothing on that. And I'm led to believe, don't expect there's going to be any. The government shutdown continues longer than any in history. I'm told this is a crisis. A government shutdown crisis. Another Trump-generated crisis. This crisis, crisis, crisis. It's causing chaos, confusion, pain. It's just too much. We shouldn't shut down the government over a dispute. And you want to shut it down. I, you no, keep no, talking no, no. about it. The last time, Chuck, you shut it down. No, no, no. And now, Stacey Washington. Wow, so glad to be with you. Hour two of the program, and we have so much information that we want to impart to you right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. UrbanFamilyTalk.com slash Stacey is where you can find a repository of podcasts that rivals, well, other repositories of podcasts. Yeah, you can find all the podcasts for the show there. You can also find them at AFR.net, and you can live stream the show on I just, come on, we can run down the list, but it's a lot of different places. Uh, I do have a programming note as far as the blog is concerned. So the blog is going under redesign. And due to that, I had uh, basically my own neglect. I didn't turn off my auto blast function on the newsletter. And so the same newsletter has gone out a couple of times. And I saw some people unsubscribing and I was feeling really terrible about it because my intention was not to send that newsletter out multiple times, but it was my own error. And I kind of, I have to kind of blame it a little bit on the redesign because I've not been doing much over there because I'm waiting on them to finish that. So my apologies. And if you unsubscribed, I, I totally get it. Um, but if you haven't subscribed, please do. I have that under control now. And um, we will have a new newsletter out um, within, within the week uh, with new information and White House picks and stuff like that. Uh, so it's at StacyOnTheRight.com. And yes, we're still doing the website redesign, but um, the company had a kind of bout with the flu where a bunch of the employees came down with the flu. And I totally get how horrible that is. So my my completion has been pushed off a little bit. And I'm I'm anxiously awaiting to see the finished product. So today on the show for hour two, we're going to be chatting with Nan Hayworth. She's a former congresswoman and board member for Independent Women's Forum. You know, Independent Women's Forum is an amazing organization, and we are so glad to have her come on and talk about the shutdown. We are also going to be getting into uh, why U.S. classrooms are beginning to resemble arcades with tons of screens, and it's intentional and what people are, what, what these organizations are trying to do with these kids and why you should or shouldn't be interested in putting your kids there. And uh, we're also going to continue to talk about the shutdown and the hypocrisy of the Mueller report the investigation, the whole schmegegany, my own word made up, of course, uh, of, of ridiculousness that we're seeing with what is, in my opinion, a witch hunt. Now, Mr. Barr has to say it's not a witch hunt because he's been nominated to be the attorney general of the United States and he'd never make it through con confirmation if he was using the same terms as the president. But we all know 
There's no way the president's nominating him if he thinks that the Mueller investigation is completely legitimate and on track because it started from a dossier, which is an opposition research document. And again, it kind of echoes the comments earlier by John Gabriel, who was brilliant, by the way, when he was saying that, you know, you have these people that can never be woke enough. Well, in our government, if you can investigate someone based off of a piece of paper that someone wrote and made up out of whole cloth, you know, a, a few hundred pages or whatever it was, then so can you. And so can any Democrat. You know, the Democrats will not always be able to get away with everything that they put out. At some point, there has to be a reckoning. And for those of us who know this and understand how things work, that God's word is true, no matter whether you're Democrat, Republican, you know, you're uh, purpley spotted or you're Caucasian or, or, you know, permanently tanned. God's word is true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true for Americans and Guatemalans. And it's true, universally true. We can rely on it. And it talks about justice coming and how we shouldn't envy the the wicked when they get away with their ill doings because they will receive the recompense of their actions all the way. God's mercy is for those who are repenting. It's new every morning, but the, the implication there is it's not just new all the time. Whether you're sinning, you could just say, well, God's grace covers my sin. No, it doesn't. You'll be allowed to progress forward until your time is up and then you will be getting justice for what you've done. So God is not mocked. It's going to come. It's going to happen. So I want to give you guys this audio. This sound is from ABC. It's actually a little bit of a mashup. It's about them blaming Republicans for government shutdowns, no matter who's responsible. And make no mistake about it. President Trump said he would own the shutdown, but he was saying that in the context of I'm willing to do it to get border security. He wasn't saying I own the shutdown And it's my fault and it's not a good idea. He's standing with his principles because he's in the right. So here's this bit of audio. It's number one. The center of the shutdown, the battle over a border wall. According to our latest poll, 53% of Americans blame President Trump and Republicans for the stalemate. 29% blame congressional Democrats. But the poll also finds that support for the border wall has been rising over the last year. Right now, day 24, and no one knows what the president is willing to sign, where he is willing to compromise, if at all. So far, the only proposal that, that he's been discussing is this possibility of declaring a national emergency to go around Congress to build his wall. But but there are some signs that Republicans may be concerned that this stalemate is hurting the party. Lindsey Graham, one of the president's top allies, is now suggesting that the president temporarily reopen the government just so they have some more time to negotiate, George. But, Mary, one of the reasons they haven't felt perhaps enough pressure so far is that that same poll shows that 82 percent of Americans say they haven't been inconvenienced at all uh, by the shutdown. Only 18 percent said they're personally affected. Of course, that could change if we see more reports like we just saw from Victor and David. Yeah, right now, George, those numbers show that that, that lawmakers may simply not be feeling enough pressure yet, but that may be coming because while just 18% say they feel personally affected now, according to our poll, 79% say it would be a serious problem or a crisis if this were to continue. And if past shutdowns are any indication, it's when that public pressure simply becomes too much for lawmakers to bear that they finally come up with a solution. And we are already in record territory. Okay, Mary, thanks very much. And these workers live all over this country, so I think it's just a matter of of time before these lawmakers start feeling this pressure and taking it back to Washington. Notice how they're discussing this from the perspective of the federal workers and them pressing their constituents. They're not expressing any kind of acknowledgement of Americans who are currently pressing their legislators for border security. 
maybe the reason why Americans aren't as concerned about, let's say, the Democrats lie that that uh, FDA inspections aren't going on is that the part of the government that shut down the FDA inspections for that part of the government only comprise 20 percent of all of the inspections. The other 80 percent are done by the Department of Agriculture, which is fully funded. The other thing is the private sector does the bulk of the inspections on their own under their own dollars. And they do much more rigorous types of inspecting, much more technologically cutting edge inspection types because uh, they don't want outbreaks of E. coli and things like that to be attached to their brand. Remember, every time Tyson Chicken has a recall of some sort, what happens is when I go to the store, the Tyson Chicken, there's so much of it. Like there's so much Tyson Chicken. And then on the other side or near it will be the chicken in the bags by our local grocery store. And what I instinctually do, I don't, it's not even something I control anymore. I just noticed it when watching this video. I thought in the last time I was at the store, well, I was there yesterday. Oh my goodness. I'm there so much because these teenagers can really eat. And I bought some chicken. And while I was there, I instinctually reached for the brand name chicken of the store that I was shopping at. Now, part of it is just a natural desire to support the local business that employs people that live right here in Missouri. But the other part is that they have pointed out on numerous occasions to me at the checkout line when I've bought uh, meat at the meat counter in the grocery store, they always say, you know, the meat that we sell here in the store that's under our brand is from our state or the Midwest region. And it is packaged and, you know, every, it's, it, everything that it goes through happens in one of their own branded plants. So if someone gets sick off of the chicken with a store brand name on it, they really have a lot to lose. And the grocery store business is already in like almost zero profit territory where they're doing everything they can to cut costs so that they can maintain some profit and stay open. So the worst thing in the world is for them to have an outbreak of some kind of anything related to their branded items. So they're even more careful. And that's the private sector. So I just want to stress again, it's not that I don't think we should have FDA inspections or the, you know, FDA as a department is not one of my pet peeves, you know, having an F- FDA. But I do think you, we, we, it's, it's incumbent upon us as consumers of news and information to listen to what these people are saying to us and not just accept it whole cloth. We got to listen to it and say, oh, so they want us to think this shutdown's an emergency. They want us to think that food's not being inspected and we're not going to have chicken Uh, or beef or wings for the Super Bowl. That's what I actually saw someone had printed online. No chicken or beef or anything like that for the Super Bowl. I'm like, there's still going to be chicken and beef. Like there's there's still going to be meat because the majority of the inspections aren't even done by the FDA or or the FDA or the Department of Agriculture. They do inspections. They're federally mandated to do it. But the bulk of the they, they don't inspect all of it. Just think of how many places sell meat. How many stores, how many different places you can go to buy raw food that's meat? The FDA is not inspecting all of that. They're inspecting a percentage of it. Random inspections. The rest of the inspections are done by the employee, the, 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 the company itself, the employer. They're inspecting it to make sure that their standards are being met so that they don't have, you know, food illness outbreaks. I mean, it's kind of fascinating that people would even buy into that. The minute I heard, well, we're not going to have any meat for the Super Bowl, I thought that's ridiculous. We will. We will totally. Well, first of all, if you're buying from your local person, I encourage you to find a farmer in your local area who will sell you a side of a cow 
So you're not constantly at the mercy of going to the grocery store to buy your meat. But second of all, you can also buy a side or a quarter of a, a, a hog. So you can have pork in your house. And if you're not a pork eater, you can also buy portions of other kinds of meat. And you can even contact seafood distribu- distributors that are in Alaska and get crab and fish, salmon, uh, haddock, anything you can think of. You can buy it in bulk and they will create a special order for you and send it to you freeze dried. But it's, it's fresh, but they freeze dry it so you can take it right out of the box and put it in your freezer and have your own fresh fish. That's not We haven't gotten there yet, but I, that is on my goals to not have to pay because crab legs and some certain kinds of fish like swordfish are so expensive, but you get better pricing when you buy it in bulk from the actual fishery uh, that, that brings in the meat and they do all of the work themselves. So again, this is America, the land of options. But no matter what options we are taking, you know, if we're buying everything at the grocery store or Sam's Club or not, this is propaganda. It's being used to manipulate emotions and get poll results that favor one side, that we're in some kind of emergency because one quarter of the federal government is shut down. You know, it's ridiculous. So I uh, have this, it's just a bit of sound from John Carl. And it's about the Mueller report. So let's turn to that really quickly. Um, I, I saw this story circulating this morning, and I thought it was fascinating because now that we've had this trumped up fake piece of fakery come out of the New York Times last week about President Trump being investigated and thought to be a puppet of the Russians, you have ABC's Jonathan Carl, again, hardcore leftist who operates on, on, the, on the media side of the DNC. He says, I'm hearing the bombshell Mueller report won't be a bombshell at all. It's number four. What I am getting is that this is all building up to the Mueller report and raising expectations of a bombshell report. And there have been expectations that have been building, of course, for over a year on this. But people who are closest uh, to, to what Mueller has been doing, who have interacted with the special counsel, caution me that this report is almost certain to be anticlimactic. That if you look at what the FBI was investigating in that New York Times report, look at what they were investigating, Mueller did not go anywhere with that investigation. He has been writing his report in real time through these indictments, and we have seen nothing from Mueller on the central question of was there any coordination, collusion, with the Russians in the effort to meddle in the elections? Or was there even any knowledge on the part of the president or anybody in his campaign with what the Russians were doing? You see? So let's wait on our nothing burger. I have all my condiments on the side ready to eat my nothing burger. It's going to be delicious and calorie-free. The Mueller Report. We'll be back with Nat Hayes. 80% of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. There are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today? Dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love can save a life. 
This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. What if Christians and Christian institutions that provide so many social services went on strike? That is a question that Addison Del Mastro asked in The American Conservative. He reminds us of the book by Anne Rand, Atlas Shrugged. She proposes the question of what would happen if entrepreneurs in America decided to go on strike because of an increasingly overbearing regulatory state. The book documents the dystopia the country falls into. While I doubt that Christians and Christian groups will ever go on strike, it is a great thought experiment. Addison DeMastro explains that many of the services Americans take for granted are provided by churches and Christian organizations. One example is health care. John Stone Street, in his Breakpoint commentary, wrote, No Christianity, no hospitals. Don't take Christian contributions for granted. Catholic, Baptist, and Methodist hospitals can be found all over the country. He documented that in at least 30 communities, the Catholic hospital is the only hospital within a 35-mile radius. Education is another area where Christian involvement has been key. Christians run thousands of private schools that usually meet or exceed the quality of the public schools. The Catholic Church or various Protestant denominations or churches run more than 7 in 10 of the private schools in America. Churches also minister to the needy and marginalized in society. There are soup kitchens and outreaches to the poor and homeless. Churches also provide meals for the homebound. They provide marriage counseling as well as psychological counseling. Christian organizations place children in foster care and adoption, and Christian groups run pregnancy resource centers. You know, Christians aren't going on strike, but if they did, America would be a very different place indeed. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For more information about issues covered on Viewpoints, visit pointofview.net, pointofview.net. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for being with us today here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk, urbanfamilytalk.com, AFR.net, and StacyOnTheRight.com are where you can find out more about what we're doing and uh, keep up with us. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome the former Congresswoman and board member for Independent Women's Forum, Nan Hayworth. Nan, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's always a privilege, Stacey. Thank you. Thanks. I, I'm so interested to hear your take on what's going on with the shutdown. When I turn on to the mainstream media apparatus of the DNC, CNN, MSNBC, and et cetera, it sounds yeah. like the world is ending. Nan, our lives are over. No meat for the Super Bowl. No more fun. No, right. no more parks. Nothing. But in reality, yeah. I'm looking around and everything looks pretty normal. I do have a heart for the people who are like furloughed and not getting paychecks. Sure, but um, I, I kind of wish that the article that the, I can't remember who wrote it, but I did. It's a senior. Oh, senior Trump official over at the Daily Caller says he hope, hopes a long shutdown smokes out the resistance and talks about uh, just the, the absolute process bureaucracy that could be crippled by riffing a lot of these people when we approach the 30 day mark. Well, you know, this is uh, an issue that is a mixed bag. Uh, Obviously, there are, uh, when this kind of a a shutdown occurs, it affects the departments of government for which appropriations bills weren't passed. And you can well ask yourself, why were not all the appropriations bills passed by the House of Representatives, uh, right, when they're in charge of funding, and, and yet 
uh, you know, various uh, partisan squabbles end up uh, slowing down the whole process. So this this shutdown that affects uh, certain important functions, uh, you know, TSA obviously, uh, you know, there are some uh, some delays going on there. You know, we do want the FDA to be able to inspect. Uh, our food supply, you know, critical functions are going on. But uh, in, in addition to the hardships for federal workers, which, you know, is obviously a real thing, uh, there's, there's just a, a general uh, feeling that uh, we could uh, do far better. And I'm sure, you know, folks on the left feel that way. But, you know, with someone on the right, I would love to see the federal government cut down to size. I would eliminate whole departments, as a matter of fact, starting with the Department of Education. Mm-hmm. which has achieved no net benefit for the country in its uh, 40-some years of existence. Uh, but, you know, Stacey, what's so frustrating is that even though President Trump voluntarily said, I'm going to own a shutdown if we shut down the government, uh, which, I, you know, retrospectively, I'd love to say, gee, Mr. President, you know, let it, let it all sit on the Democrats' shoulders. He <laughs> said, if we shut down, this is your fault, right? Because you're the ones who said you'd fund a wall and voted for it over and over again, and now just because I'm president, you're saying you won't, right? But, you know, someone politically is going to blink at some point. And the question is, uh, you know, who's going to have the hearts of the American public uh, more effectively? I like to think it's going to be the president, but the Democrats are uh, obviously uh, sticking to their, uh, I would say, their wrongful uh, guns at this point. It's very frustrating. Well, it is frustrating, Nan, because if they'd never voted for border security before, if they'd never voted to fund uh, new bits of wall or or anything like that, then I could say, well, they're sticking to their guns, their principles are intact. But they've just recently, all of them, and and President Obama called it a a crisis. So we don't have any any space where they can claim that. I I heard the president say, not even, I guess it was about an hour ago, or an hour and a half ago, that he is... Uh, absolutely firm on sticking to his guns. And I do right. think the Democrats will hear from their constituents when, and I do believe the riff hammer is going to come down. And if employees are ripped and they lose their jobs because of the shutdown, they're going to call the Democrats and say, all you had to do was give them $5 billion and I'd still have a job. Now, they may eventually try to punish Republicans for it later because, you know, over time right. as Democrats, they'll stick to their guns. But in the short term, the Democrats are going to be the ones feeling the pain because the majority of government workers are Democrats. Sure. They're politically liberal. Absolutely. So they, if they're let right. go, especially if the riffing gets to a point where we're talking thousands of employees, not just teensy little bits, but like you said, right. whole departments. If we could see that kind of cutting going on, the Democrats would see, wow, we're yeah. playing right into his hands. He promised to cut the government down. We can't win on this. We need to right. give him some money so we can get out of this. Mm-hmm. I think they'd come to the table mm-hmm. maybe – could that work? Maybe. Well, you know what else I think it should, and again, you know, Stacey, and I know from having been there, this is uh, a battle for uh, the the public, uh, nominally the voting public. You know, I don't want to sound cynical, uh, but, you know, this is a rhetorical battle that one side has to win. Uh, and I think the president should uh, go after the Democrats' vulnerabilities in any way he can, not because, uh, you know, I want to see uh, politics win, so to speak, but because it, it, he needs to be effective in pressing the case because our national security 
and immigration policy are at risk, and they are important, and he is coming from the right place on this. Yes, politics on his side, too, politics on the GOP side, but he's right. He, he was elected because people know that we have to do better. Here's what I think he should do, and I'm not alone in saying this. I would like to see the president, as he has already done, Stacey, he's already said, uh, you know, DACA, right? A big issue for the Democrats. They want to see DACA beneficiaries have a pathway to citizenship, uh, at the very least to remaining legally in this country on a permanent basis. The president has already said he's willing to support that. You know, that's, that's something that I think he should bring to the table. He should say, look, I'd like the House Republicans to introduce a bill that the House Democrats can, you know, then get on board with, uh, in which we offer uh, a path to legality and potentially to citizenship for DACA recipients, DACA beneficiaries, and we fund the wall as I have requested. And it's a lower funding level than you guys voted for in 2013 when you voted for $8 billion. Oh, and by the way, I'm also funding uh, beyond that. $5 billion, $5.7 billion. I'm funding $5 billion worth of care. I mean, you can read the provisions he's asked for. Care for the folks who are waiting for their cases to be adjudicated at the border, including uh, providing them with shelter and providing them with medical care. He's asking for administrative funding. He's asking for personnel and technology. You know, if he's asking for all the right things, but I'd love to see him put DACA uh, there uh, on the table, because then if the Democrats reject that, Stacey, which has been so important to them, they're, uh, I mean, they're already blatantly political uh, in just opposing President Trump. We know that. I mean, it's, it's quite obvious. But I think if he does that, then he could say, look, I've tried every way I can to meet you guys halfway. Well, he has. He's, and he's, he's verbalized that. I think he's tweeted about it, and he's also said verbally that he would definitely be willing to do DACA. I've seen a lot of discussion right. from others like Marco Rubio and some others who have said, well, that was the offer, but they rejected that. So now we're not talking about that. We're talking about pure border security. We're not, we're not going to put amnesty back on the table. I, I tend to agree with that tack, which is, you know, it's an issue to readdress at a later point to negotiate for something more. But right now, it's a pure, clean request for money to shore up parts of the border that are currently being used sure. by drug traffickers right. to destroy America. 70,000 opioid deaths, yeah. you know, last year alone is, is an emergency. Absolutely. It's a crisis. And, you know, what's funny to me is that the Democrats are able to, like, for instance, this most recent media story where they took Steve King to task for some ill-advised comments. I actually don't think Steve King yeah. is a racist. Uh, I actually don't think he's a white supremacist at all. They just took some ill-advised right. comments of his and they crafted them into a narrative where the Republicans responded and took away his committee assignments. But Steve King yep. is a guy who supports the president's agenda. He supports America first, yeah. national sovereignty and uh, right. our our way of life, which, you know, our way right. of life is not white supremacy, but we do have a Western, you know, civilization type ethos thing Absolutely. going on here. Right. And we we respect right. that. And so. I, it's funny how they're able to just, you know, just kind of shoot a marble and knock one of our guys off. A strong supporter sure. of the president. But we have, I think, four or five people now. A couple of them are wearing hijabs. They're all for BDS. They're all anti-Semitic. Um, the, a bunch yep. of them are now executing litmus tests on our nominees for cabinet appointments and things like that, asking Catholics sure. if they'll be able to withhold, you know, their, their belief system, which is unconstitutional. And they're getting away with all of that. They're not even 
reprimanding them. By that instance, Cory Booker and uh, Kamala Harris should be stripped of their committee memberships because they use Catholic, sure. you know, the fact that you're a Catholic as a litmus right. test. Knights of Columbus, right. Knights yeah, of Columbus yeah. is a problem for them. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, if agree. you're just a Catholic. It, it should be. Right, right. Uh, you know, if we're going to uh, express our, our manifest our disapproval of certain uh, types of advocacy, let's put it that way, you know, and, and I read the New York Times article. I know Steve King. In fact, I agree with him about the 14th Amendment completely. I don't think birthright citizenship should be granted uh, to infants born uh, to people who are not, uh, who don't have at least one parent who's an American citizen. I just, no, I, I don't think that uh, we should accommodate that. Uh, so I get that. I also, actually, I also have an amendment that allowed uh, someone who uh, was a naturalized American to become president. So, you know, I, I put that the two different ways. Uh, but I know Steve, um, no, I don't I think at all that Steve is a racist. Um, in the New York Times article, it, it certainly seems to, uh, you know, it, it's phrased in a way, uh, and he hasn't necessarily argued the phrasing, but, uh, uh, you know, it's phrased in a way that makes it sound as though somehow he's uh, asking why, you know, white supremacism uh, is, uh, you know, why can't we talk about that anymore? And it's sort of like, you know, it, 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 everybody on the Republican side, understandably, is uh, uh, very, very sensitive about uh, about that uh, that image. And Steve, I think, is uh, the sacrifice, just as Al Franken was the sacrifice uh, in terms of the Me Too uh, movement, if you will. Uh, and safety politics is, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's not scientific that's for sure no it isn't but i just think we could do better i you know nan i have to say i agree it this is this is a case of because i i so here's here's a little personal anecdote i have a neighbor who she's one of the only liberal friends i have left um because most most of my liberal friends from before when they found out that i was a conservative they said they couldn't trust me anymore i was i you are free to believe what you believe but they somehow couldn't trust me anymore even though their kids had been spending the night at my house and their kids knew the better, the inside of my minivan better than my kids and all that stuff. All of a sudden there's this mistrust because how could I have been this all along? And so some of them I'm still friends with on Facebook. And I I actually applaud the courage of remaining friends with someone like me on Facebook when you're a hardcore liberal, I actually have respect for those people, but the person to person contact is down to zero. And so this neighbor of mine, actually, I was walking down our lane and she was coming home in her car and she stopped and we chatted and I had not actually seen her in like a year, you know, face to face. She began to confront me about my support of a local candidate for school board who is, um, you know, on on the right. And she was running for school board because we have all this Planned Parenthood infiltration in our local school district. And they're spending more time teaching the kids how to put condoms on bananas than they are the 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 basics of education and their numbers are falling. I know. So I, my kids aren't there, but I pay taxes there, Nan. And so I attended a few of the school board meetings and I'm supporting this woman. Well, later the leftists executed a hit job on her similar to the one on Steve King. They took a couple of her Facebook posts and painted her as a racist. And then the NEA took those Facebook posts and spread them all over St. Louis, the the area where the, the school district is. And they were able to defeat her. And so she said, I can't believe you would support her. And I, you know, I'm kind of really disappointed. And I said, why? Because you said she's a racist. She said, yeah. And I said, what does that even mean? If you think she's a racist, maybe you're a racist too. 
Now, obviously, my neighbor's right. white. I'm black. And she, her eyes got big. And she yeah. said, well, I know what you mean. I'm always afraid of someone saying I'm a racist because of some comment or, you know, something that I've said. I said, yeah. and there you have what just happened to her. I don't think she's a racist. Right. And even if she was, she opposes Planned Parenthood. And that's more important to me. And I, right. I mean, right. I promise you, Nan, if she, if she wasn't securely buckled into her car, she probably would have fallen over yeah. in shock because I said that. Right. But it's something right. that we need to start doing more often, which is. Oh, I agree. You know, I stand agree. up to this. Completely this is not safety. what we should have done. Yeah. I, and I'm disappointed that Tim Scott has kind of adopted. And I, I, I really respect Tim Scott greatly. Senator Scott oh, is an Tim amazing is, Tim person. Tim is my friend. We were yeah. freshmen together. I, He's I amazing. Him. But this is yeah. different. This is this is a. I feel like the left is using his earnest attempt to bring us all together to tar and yeah. feather people who aren't really a concern for us. Our concerns are the white supremacists, right. uh, not, oh, the, I, not I the people who just I been agree. called racist. Right. So I, and, and right. that's kind of I off think, topic. You know, but it's Stacey, yeah, true, truly, it is politics. It is the tenor of the time. Uh, you know, people like Tim, uh, you know, people like uh, so many uh, Republicans in the House GOP are, uh, you know, they have, they have sincere beliefs and the right ideas for, for our country. Uh, and they are trying to survive uh, in an atmosphere in which uh, so-called, you know, the, the broad middle, you know, the independent voters. I know, you know, I represented a swing district in the state of New York mm-hmm. as a Republican. Uh, and, you know, are we treated differently than Democrats are? Much differently, vastly differently. Um, but this is with your neighbor. You know, people go around and they just they poke their fingers in their ears as soon as they hear Republican. Right. Mm, you know, so like, ah, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear what you have to say. So we're trying to prove, you know, that, look, you know, we're proving our bona fides, basically. It's like, look, mm. you know, we we get it. You know, we 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 understand. Uh, and no, we don't embrace. We don't endorse. We don't. And sometimes that means uh, that, you know, we, we have but to, things like this happen. I, I'm just disappointed. Now, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? I know. Former Congresswoman I know. I Nan Hayworth and board member for Independent Women's Forum. Thank you so much. I enjoy it when you come on the show and Happy New Year to you. It's a privilege to join you, Stacy. Thank you for your voice and a very happy and healthy New Year to you. All right. Talk to you again soon. We will be back with more right after these messages. Keep it here. This is just a minute with Stacy Washington. In 1 Samuel 21, we see David fleeing from King Saul. David uses every trick in the book to preserve his own life, from eating the priest's holy showbread to lying about why he is in the vicinity. At one point, David pretends to be insane, thinking that doing so will prevent angry servants from killing him. Emulating these deceptions are not the point of David's story. Being in fear for his life made him do things he would not normally do. But the story doesn't end there. David wrote Psalm 34 during this difficult time, singing, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is a beautiful way of describing the true nature of walking with God. In the low times, when all have forsaken you, continue to bless the Lord. 
I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. On the Hour of Intercession, we have guests on a regular basis, and sometimes our guests have titles like doctor or pastor, but sometimes they have no title at all. Pastor Joseph Parker of the Hour of Intercession. One powerful truth to recognize is that every believer has a testimony, and they can teach you something about prayer as they share their own personal prayer journey. Listen weekday afternoons at 1 Central here on Urban Family Talk. Chris Brooks. We cannot underestimate the responsibility of evangelism. That is why shows like this, Equipped, which is committed to equipping you every day to live, share, and defend your faith, are extremely important because anyone who does not confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is outside of God's saving grace. Equipped, weekdays at noon central on Urban Family Talk. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lock. You never quite know who might be the key player to orchestrate the next big deal in Washington. Republican South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham has long worked behind the scenes to try to engineer a bipartisan deal with fellow senators to end the government shutdown. Among the ideas Graham floated, more money for the border wall and then a DACA fix alongside other immigration proposals. Graham told Fox on Thursday he was working on a possible deal unilaterally because House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had, quote, dealt herself out. She's a non-player. Graham huddled earlier this week with Democratic West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and then other GOP senators like Susan Collins of Maine and Lamar Alexander of Tennessee. And then the hammer fell. The president intervened, personally killing any effort by the South Carolina Republican at a larger deal. Graham then declared, quote, I've never been more depressed about moving forward. Graham said he supported Mr. Trump's efforts to declare a national emergency to get the wall. I hope it works, said Graham. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. President Trump has sought no assurances, promises, or commitments from me of any kind, either express or implied, and I have not given him any, other than that I would run the department with professionalism and integrity. As Attorney General, my allegiance will be to the rule of law, the Constitution, and the American people. This is how it should be, this is how it must be, and if you confirm me, this is how it will be. Now let me address a few matters I know are on the minds of some of the members of this committee. First, I believe it is vitally important that the special counsel be allowed to complete his investigation. I have known Bob Mueller for 30 years. We worked closely together throughout my previous tenure at the Department of Justice. We've been friends since, and I have the utmost respect for Bob and his distinguished record of public service. And when he was named special counsel, I said his selection was good news, and that knowing him, I had confidence he would handle the matter properly. And I still have that confidence today. That's uh, Attorney General nominee Barr. He's uh, actually testifying today for his confirmation hearing to be the Attorney General of the United States. And I think it's interesting that he had to go through all of that rigmarole in his opening statement. Uh, Since then, obviously, this is going on while we're broadcasting live here today. And I've gotten a lot of text messages from people saying, you know, again, Cory Booker being nasty again, you know, Kamala Harris being nasty. And 
it's interesting because they just don't understand how they look. I'm, I'm sorry, not Camel Harris, uh, Feinstein, Diane Feinstein. So here we go. I want you to listen to the rest of his open statement. It's just a quick little soundbite here. And then I have a piece of audio for you. We're going to go into our Wayback Machine, and we're going to crank it up with our hand crank on the side, and then the little sparks will start flying, and it's going to spit out some audio from long ago that Democrats have never cared about. And I have one more bit of uh, interesting. I'm going to throw a number out at you before we listen to this. $145 million. Are you wondering what that number is, who, who received that amount of money, who gave it to this organization? Well, it ties in with what we're talking about here with the Russian collusion, uh, the supposed status of our president as some kind of Russian plant that the Russians are, you know, like a, he's a puppet for them. All of this ties together. I love how neatly this all wraps up into a sweet little box. Let's first listen to the final little bit of audio from AG nominee Bars, number six. Given his public actions to date, I expect that the special counsel is well along in his investigation. At the same time, the president has been steadfast that he was not involved in any collusion with Russian attempts to interfere in the election. I believe it is in the best interest of everyone, the president, Congress, and the American people, that this matter be resolved by allowing the special counsel to complete his work. The country needs a credible resolution to these issues. And if confirmed, I will not permit partisan politics, personal interests, or any other improper consideration to interfere with this or any other investigation. I will follow the special counsel regulations scrupulously and in good faith. And on my watch, Bob will be allowed to finish his work. So who said Bob wasn't going to be allowed to finish his work, first of all? I mean, I know he's saying that for the Democrats because they're all apoplectic about the idea that Donald Trump might dismiss the special counsel. But if he's innocent, he doesn't have any reason to dismiss them. The Democrats just like having this cloud hanging over the president's head because it kind of derails the agenda. It's something they can talk about whenever they don't like his accomplishments. The fact is, it's a you know, well-known fact now that no one will acknowledge that the president's economy, his economic moves have created an economy that the possibilities for an economy that is so strong that we actually have more people available to come into this country to work and people fighting and clawing to get in here because we don't even have enough Americans to fill all the jobs. And so that's a, another issue. We don't need more foreigners. That's not what the, the problem is. But the, this idea that they get to keep calling the president, just go to Mediaite. It's so disgusting. It's just, it's crazy pants. Um, all of these statements about President Donald Trump, these are things that are being said on the media right now um, about the president, about the commander-in-chief, about this, this person who has not been convicted of any crime. MSNBC Stephanie Rule loudly wonders if Trump has something pretty extreme on Lindsey Graham to get his support. Uh, you know, former Republican Representative Mark Sanford asked why we don't hold a Trump hold Trump to the same standard as Steve King. Uh, you know, Representative Jackie Spear mocks Trump Trump's claim Democrats are calling him to defect over the shutdown in his dreams. Dianne Feinstein accuses AG nominee Barr of an effort to undermine Bob Mueller after what you just heard there, which is clear he doesn't want to undermine Bob Mueller. He could care less. He's going in. 
He's going to oversee what's going on, but there's not going to be any undermining going on. By the way, just in case you're wondering who the opposition research really is, uh, or the opposition really is, opposition party, John Kasich, one-time Republican nominee for president, has just joined CNN as a political commentator, as has former senator from the great state of Missouri, Claire McCaskill. CNN. Actually, sorry, John Kasich joined CNN. Claire McCaskill is with NBC, the parent company, and MSNBC. So you know she got a pretty penny for that. Um, Allison Camerata clashes with Ken Starr. How could you find facts on Trump-Putin meetings without investigating? Um, just insulting things on here. All of it against President Trump. Um, and and I, I know that they're allowed to have their opinions. Colbert rips Trump. A man with an orange face and cotton candy hair should not call Bezos a bozo. Seth Meyers mocks Trump's alleged evidence noshing. They may need a search warrant for his belly. Come on. Democratic congressman, I feel on I feel like I'm on the set of the Manchurian candidate. This is beyond bizarre. No, it's not beyond bizarre. It, the only thing bizarre here is the Democrats' behavior. So now the Wayback Machine is cranking up. You can hear it, right? You hear the Wayback Machine. It's cranked up. It's at full tilt. And guess what piece of audio we found? It's audio of former President Obama speaking to then president of Russia, Medvedved. It's number three. This is my last election. Yeah. Um, After my election, I have more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I transmit this information to Vladimir and Meanwhile, Iran's missile threat came up in a conversation the cameras picked up between President Obama and outgoing Russian President Medvedev. Mr. Obama asked for space on the missile defense system the U.S. and Russia disagree on. This is my last election. Yeah. Um, After my election, I have more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I transmit this information to Vladimir and He said, this is my last election. After my election, I have more flexibility. Medvedev said, I understand. I will transmit this information to Vladimir. Not a peep from the Democrats. Now, one, one more thing. You might be wondering when I said $145 million, you're thinking that's a lot of change, right? That's a lot of loot. What could she be talking about now? What, what dastardly bit of dirt could she possibly have dug up now? Well, I didn't have to look far to dig it up, first of all, because this is commonly known uh, information. The Russians have never donated a penny to President Trump. His campaign, none of it. Not one thin ruble. Which, by the way, coincidentally, because I don't know if they're still dealing in rubles. I think they are. But I have some rubles upstairs. Uh, they're not a lot of them. just a couple from when I went to Russia as a kid. I was a ninth grader when we went to uh, Moscow, the capital city, and Leningrad, which I think is now called St. Petersburg. Yeah. So been to that country. Check that off the box. And also $145 million is the amount that the Russians gave over time to the Clinton Foundation. Again, the Clinton Foundation has received $145 million from the Russians, and we've never seen an investigation on that. Meanwhile, the Trump Foundation has been shut down for so-called improprieties. Do you see the double standard here? Do you see why, you know, John Gabriel and I were laughing and giggling? But the fact is, the double standard of prosecution should be, some, it should be something that concerns us all. The fact that it doesn't just means when it's their turn, the rest of us will just be sitting on the side like, well, y'all didn't care when it was Donald Trump, so you certainly can't care now. They, have, they will not have 
a valid place with which to launch an objection if it's okay for Hillary Clinton to do all that stuff and it's just they're just making stuff up about President Trump. So I talked about this article uh, and and just really quickly, the census question issue is going to go to the Supreme Court. Um, This judge and a rogue activist judge actually said that the question itself isn't a problem, but Secretary Ross's decision to add a census a citizenship question to the 2020 census, even if it did not violate the Constitution itself, was unlawful for a multitude multitude of independent reasons and must be set aside. He wrote this in a 277-page opinion. It's going to SCOTUS. Um, it's ridiculous that he thought he could enjoin the Trump administration from adding this question. The question is, is this person a citizen of the United States? The question has not appeared on the census since 1950. Why? Because back then we didn't have a huge illegal immigrant crisis in our country. We didn't have somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 million people living here illegally. And Americans back then would have said, that's war. We got to start. We got to deport these people. Citizens have to help these people get out. But not not now. No, not now. Now citizens want to help these people stay here. They're actually helping them evade deportation. Now, the Daily Caller took the rare step of publishing an anonymous op-ed at the request of an author who is a senior official in the Trump administration. And he says that the long shutdown can smoke out the resistance. And he talks about how he has worked in federal government for just eons worth of time, you know, compared to the rest of us who, you know, I've been doing radio for, what, six years? You know, it's, it's a lengthy amount of time for this guy. He says on an average day, roughly 15% of employees around him are exceptional patriots serving their country, 15%. 80% feel no pressure to produce results. If they don't like what they're told to do, if they don't feel like doing it, they don't. They can't be fired. They avoid attention, plan their weekend, schedule vacation, work their second job. They do research for the next job they're going to go get. Some do this in the same position for more than a decade. So they avoid doing their actual job or what they've been asked to do for 10 year spates of time. They do nothing that warrants punishment and nothing of external value. Their work day is errands for the sake of errands, administering, refining, following, collaborating on process. Process is your friend is the delusional civil servants tell themselves. That's what they tell themselves. And even senior officials have to gain approval from every rank across their department, other agencies, and work units for basic administrative chores. Process is what we serve. Process keeps us safe. Process is our core value. It takes a lot of people to maintain the process. Process provides jobs. In fact, there are process experts and certified process managers who protect the process. And then there are the 5% with MOXIE. They're career managers. At any given time, they can change clarify or add to the process, even to distort or block policy counsel for the president. So due to lack of funding, according to this unnamed White House official, many federal agencies are now operating more effectively from the top down with a fraction of their workforce. With only select essential personnel serving national security tasks, one might think this is how government should function, But bureaucracies operate from the bottom up, a collective of self-generated ideas. Ideas become initiatives, formalize into offices, they seek funds from Congress and become bureaus or sub-agencies, 
and maybe one day grow to become their own agency, which is what former Congresswoman Nan Hayworth was saying when she was here. Look, we've got to get rid of these agencies. Just it grew up out of, you know, nothing and it should be dispatched into the, the ether. The nature of a big administrative bureaucracy is to grow to serve itself. I watch and fight it daily, he says. Now, he goes into, you know, how bad employees actually sue because they've been called on the carpet for their lack of, of, of being good at their job. And then they get payoffs because the agency will settle and out of court with them rather than go to court to talk about how horrible an employee they are. So it's cheaper to pay them off. The result is people accused of serious offenses are not charged. Rather, these self-proclaimed victims are then paid by the American taxpayers for being awful employees. So President Trump can end this abuse by reprioritizing during the extended shutdown, focusing on valuable results and weeding out the saboteurs. Anyone who's been laid off for 30 days or more can be reduced in force, what's commonly known as RIFT. Now, you can't use RIFT to get rid of a bad employee, but you can use RIFT to get rid of employees who are non-essential, whose tasks have not been performed for 30 days. My hope and prayer, and I hope you'll join me in this, we got to be praying that the president would utilize this so those employees can go into the private sector and our government can be shrunken down. That's the unintended consequence and benefit. Remember, God can work all things out for our good. He will. He'll do it. He can work this shutdown out for America's good as well. That's the show for today. Hey, you're at home on American Family Radio. We'll be back with you tomorrow right here on this same bad station, bad channel. God bless from the heartland.